for she half believed he was joking, and such condescension pleased her poor woman's heart. And then you step into a, a box and poof, up you go. He tossed his empty cup in the air by way of illustration, and as he deftly caught it, cried, And biff, down you come. Oh, great medicine men, you go Fort Yukon, I go Arctic City. Twenty-five sleep, big string all the time. I catch him, String. I say, Hello, Ruth, how are you? And you say, Is that my good husband? And I say, Yes. And you say, No can bake good bread, no more soda. Then I say, Look in cash under flour. Goodbye. You look and catch plenty, Soda. All the time you fought Yukon, me Arctic City. Hiya, medicine man. Ruth smiled so ingenuously at the fairy story that both men burst into laughter. A row among the dogs cut short the wonders of the outside, and by the time the snarling combatants were separated, she had lashed the sleds and all was ready for the trail. Mush, Baldy! Hi, mush on! Mason worked his whip smartly, and, as the dogs whined low in the traces, broke out the sled with the gee pole. Ruth followed with the second team, leaving Malumute Kid, who had helped her start, to bring up the rear. Strong man, brute that he was, capable of felling an ox at a blow, he could not bear to beat the poor animals, but humored them as a dog-driver rarely does, nay, almost wept with them in their misery. "'Come, mush on there, you poor, soft-footed brutes,' he murmured, after several ineffectual attempts to start the load. But his patience was at last rewarded, and though whimpering with pain, they hastened to join their fellows." No more conversation. The toil of the trail will not permit such extravagance. And of all deadening labors, that of the Northland Trail is the worst. Happy is the man who can weather a day's travel at the price of silence, and that on a beaten track. And of all heartbreaking labors, that of breaking trail is the worst. At every step the great webbed shoe sinks till the snow is level with the knee. Then up, straight up, the deviation of a fraction of an inch being a certain precursor of disaster. The snowshoe must be lifted till the surface is cleared, then forward, down, and the other foot is raised perpendicularly for the matter of half a yard. He who tries this for the first time, if haply he avoids bringing his shoes in dangerous propinquity and measures not his length on the treacherous footing, will give up exhausted at the end of a hundred yards. He who can keep out of the way of the dogs for a whole day may well crawl into his sleeping bag with a clear conscience and a pride which passeth all understanding. And he who travels twenty sleeps on the long trail is a man whom the gods may envy. The afternoon wore on, and with the awe, born of the white silence, the voiceless travelers bent to their work. Nature has many tricks wherewith she convinces man of his finity the ceaseless flow of the tides, the fury of the storm, the shock of the earthquake, the long roll of heaven's artillery. But the most tremendous, the most stupefying of all, is the passive phase of the white silence. All movement ceases, the sky clears, the heavens are as brass, the slightest whisper seems sacrilege, and man becomes timid, affrighted at the sound of his own voice. Soul speck of life journeying across the ghostly wastes of a dead world, He trembles at his audacity, realizes that his is a maggot's life, nothing more. Strange thoughts arise unsummoned,
and the mystery of all things strives for utterance, and the fear of death of God of the universe comes over him, the hope of the resurrection and the life, the yearning for immortality, the vain striving of the imprisoned essence. It is then, if ever, man walks alone with God. So wore the day away. The river took a great bend, and Mason headed his team for the cutoff across the narrow neck of land. But the dogs balked at the high bank. Again and again, though Ruth and Malumute Kid were shoving on the sled, they slipped back. Then came the concerted effort. The miserable creatures, weak from hunger, exerted their last strength. Up, up, the sled poised on the top of the bank but the leader swung the string of dogs behind him to the right, fouling Mason's snowshoes. The result was grievous. Mason was whipped off his feet. One of the dogs fell in the traces, and the sled toppled.